Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to Impact the World, where my guest today is Danielle Laporte. Danielle may be familiar to some of you as an author, a speaker, and an inspirational voice. And I have seen Danielle's work out there over the last decade or so in many different ways, through her books, through her writings. And so it was really great to get to talk to her about not only some of the work that she has been doing over the last decade, but also what she's doing now and how her heart-centered membership and facilitation program are the evolution of her work. And peppered in with all of that, we have a few interesting conversation moments together about the world right now and what we're seeing in the energy of the world and the division and how to cope with it and what's coming up for each of us personally. So it was a really lovely conversation and great to get to meet her in person via Zoom. You know what I mean. And um, for anyone who wants to find out more about what Danielle is doing, as usual, go to the show notes, which are either underneath the video or the audio version, uh, however or wherever you're watching or receiving this show. And you can visit daniellelaporte.com, her website, to find all things Danielle. If you are a fan of the Impact the World show, firstly, thank you for all your support, wonderful messages, and uh, the love that you show the show. We love producing it and putting it out there. But we are an independent show and we don't use or have sponsorship. So it really means a lot to us if you feel to subscribe on YouTube or leave a rating, review or subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. That way it helps us reach more people. And our mission with this show is hopefully to enlighten, bring some light, bring some clarity, bring some aha moments to whatever it is that you're doing out there in the world today, whether you're parenting today or whether you're building your next work project. It's all the same. We're all creative forces on earth. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Danielle Laporte. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's a real pleasure to get to meet you after possibly seeing you out there, I guess, maybe over the last decade um, and, and just seeing your work and seeing all the different things that you've been doing. I've really enjoyed witnessing uh, all of the different, the different twists and turns that you've taken with your work. So thank you for being here. Mm, I'm happy to be here. Decade sounds so long. <laughs> I know, right? It's like... Mm, original, original gangster. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel you know I've been working in in the field of self growth and spirituality now for publicly since 2006. So I feel like I saw you. I'm pretty sure it was. It feels like it's been a while. And I think one of the first things that I came across in your work was the desire map. And 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 really, what I loved about your intention with the desire map was you know, the heart centered goal setting and bringing in feelings with goals, because at the time we had a lot of, I don't know, uh, manifest and you'll get this, but not really much of the understanding around it or the underneath of it. But what really struck me was when you came out with white hot truth, mm. 
which is a book that you published in 2017. And what I loved about that was you yourself said, you know, I've been a spiritual seeker. I'm into all of these things. And um, I'm noticing a lot of spiritual bypassing, judgment of the self that can come from a lot of the the tropes or the the things that we're, we're being asked to follow. And I had come from a personal development background in my own seeking and exploring and had randomly found myself in the deep spiritual world because I was channeling, which was never my goal. And it was very interesting to me to see that very bypassing you were speaking about happening in our field and not not from everyone, but it was it was definitely there. So I loved when I saw you come out with that book and I saw an interview you did at the time and I thought, oh, this is great because you were really just sharing from experience um, and guiding uh, through some of the minefield that can be out there. So I, I just wanted to give you a shout out for that because that was a that was a really cool moment when I saw you doing that. Mm, thanks. Still a minefield. <laughs> like, yeah. like anything, right? Yeah. It's the same lesson. It's the same lesson. Like I think, you know, we we deal with a cluster of the same lessons in one lifetime. And you can let that possible fact totally bum you out. Or you can feel relieved because you just have these few things to deal with. They're going to be repetitive. And you're going to think, I'm this again. Um, but you're going, you, you have the opportunity to like be thorough with it and really get it and move on. And so that is still my, you know, self-helping as self-punishment is still something that I have to be with. I don't want to use the word confront. I'm, I'm so, I'm not interested in confronting anything anymore. Um, but it's still up. I mean, I have a bit of a Catholic hangover still. Hmm. Um, I really just replaced Catholicism for like new ageism. Hmm. So I just like, I got rid of the 10 commandments and I was like, I'll do karma now. <laughs> and I can see how there's still like a lot of uh, punishment dialogue in there. And uh, I'm getting over it. Yeah. Do you, does it surprise you where you find yourself today, having been a voice and an advocate and a creator for all of the different things that you've been? Because I know, looking into some of your history, I know you were often working in, um, you had some executive jobs, you were in many ways supports sometimes to people who were, let's say, out there. But for you now to have moved into that role where you are the voice or the figurehead for what it is that you're doing, which I know is 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 a, is its own movement and organization, and of course, goes beyond you. But does it surprise you that you ended up here? Or do you feel like this was a, a destiny path for you that was always going to emerge? The latter. Yeah, I felt like I I didn't know what form it was going to take, but I wanted to say something. And I knew that what I wanted to say had to do with goodness and unity. I wouldn't have called it unity consciousness when I was like, had my shoulder pads, but um, I, I wanted to do something. 
it was, I thought about for a while, I was going to go into fashion design, but I really wanted to rock that industry and do like kind of eco-ethical. And I was going to do these nude fashion shows just to like make this statement, you know? And then I thought for a while, my path was going to be film. And I was really like compelled by like being a documentarian and, um, and then this all, you know, one lily pad to the next. And here I am just writing for a long time. I don't, and I still don't identify as a writer. I write, but it's not, that's not what's important. What's important is like, I'm a seeker. I consider myself a seeker. I'm on the path. I learned some things. I might be able to help you flatten your learning curve a little bit. I have no interest anymore in giving advice. Um, I have no interest in really in any kind of stealth, loud activism. It's not for me. Um, I have interest in cleaning up the war within myself and being radiant with that. Hmm. Yeah. And if it works for you, cool. If not, like, that's okay too. Yeah. It's interesting. You, I, I pulled a, an Instagram post of yours from a few days ago that I, I really, it, it touched me and I, I wanted to share it in this interview and just what you described makes me think of it. Remember why you really, truly, totally love each other, why you fell in love, why you hired her, why you love working together, the times you have scooped each other up, the deep laughs, the emergency phone calls, the road trips. Breathe into your heart and feel someone else's heart. Feel that? That is real. The rest is transient. We are not our beliefs. We are not what we do or do not choose to put into our bodies, minds, garages, bank accounts. We are souls blessed to bump into one another. Feel that, focus on that, because anything other than love is a total distraction that lets fear slip in and divide what's meant to be united, love no matter what. I mean, that, that would be relevant on any day, but I think given the, the, a lot of the division energy that we've been seeing play out in the last six, 12 months, that, that was very moving. And I saw how many people were moved by that. So. Isn't it interesting? You said you don't identify as a writer. And I often wonder if we're never going to be able to identify ourselves as anything. I mean, sometimes we identify other people as a thing, but of course they're far more than that thing and they're a multidimensional being in their life. So I, I hear that from every creator I ever get to talk to. I know that myself. And I, I believe actually it's a gift when we stop identifying with certain things, but it's interesting because to read that you go, oh, that that's a beautiful piece of writing or channeling, however you however you call that in, but it's beautiful. Mm, thank you. Yeah, that is from the, just the the God the suffering of relationships right now. I just you know I have my own tangles in the entanglements, but it's just like every day, like you know I have this I have a heart centered membership community we meet every two weeks and the questions now it's just like it's just this percolation of polarization everybody wants to know like how do I navigate coping with people who 
did this and didn't do that. And marriages are splitting up because of different medical choices. And we are more divided than ever. I, I think, don't think anybody can argue with that. Um, and my experience has been like, listen, I fell in love with my friends for a reason. I stuck around for a reason. I, and I, so I, my heart knows that. I also cognitively and spiritually know I am not my thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. This is basic consciousness, right? Like, and if I'm not my thoughts, then I am definitely not my beliefs. And if I'm not my thoughts and my beliefs, then neither are you or neither the people that I've loved for decades, decades, decades. And I'm just going to remember, like, I just love them. And who knows what's true right now? You just can't. I mean, the truth with a capital T, ineffable, unknowable, any great mystic will tell you that you can't know it. Somebody can't give it to you. They can hint, but you still have to have this opening awareness experience yourself. So we think that what's going on in pop culture or mainstream or being passed around by influencers or major networks that are owned by the same white guys who are, you know, controlling everything like that. Any of that is true. And then you can go even further and take like an even more mystical Buddhist cosmic Christian, even perspective that like this, this, that what we're doing now, having bodies, having this experience, this is the dream. And when you close your eyes and you tap in and you meditate or you reflect, that's what's real. So I'm not even concerned anymore. Like, well, I'm concerned. I take that back. I have deep concerns. Um, but I look at so-called truth in this dimension now as just like passing clouds mm. and just like feelings and just like emotions and all those truths are just based on feelings and emotions anyway, which all come from the subconscious. So back to when somebody says, what do I do about arguing with my mother-in-law or my friend who wants to dump me because she's doesn't like my choices. Yeah. Or what do I do? What do we do about the Taliban? Um, Step one, you feel the sorrow. You don't reject it. You even feel the rage. You just feel it all. You let it all in. And step two, you just look at it all within yourself. Because it's easy. I can sit, I can talk about love. I consider myself a loving person. I know I'm a loving person. I don't have to consider it. I am a loving person. And I, I want to hammer some people some days. And I can get on that quickly. But even though that's just a seed frequency in me, it's just a seed, it's small. It's still within me. Mm -hmm. Now, with other people, it's a daily diatribe. It's being a member of the Taliban. It's mandating ridiculousness. It's totalitarianism. But I have seeds of totalitarianism within myself. So I got to work on that. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting how we're all 
we're all seeded by everything that's out here and that we were born into. It's like, sure, we're a unique soul, but we were also born into a certain human construct at a certain time on earth. And, and you know, we that becomes our clothing too. So I, I, I so agree with you. Um, and, and you'll hear many, well, you'll hear different things from different people. There are some people who are going, well, I just am going to clean up inside myself and that's how I'm contributing. And then there are other people who are out there being activists and it kind of just goes back to what you what you said about you know the truth is relative depending on someone's experience someone's belief there are there are many truths colliding at the moment but it's interesting what you said about your membership group um my membership community which we've had for eight years the portal the intensity of the questions yes and the I'll say the weight of the questions and the heaviness and the heartbreak and the sorrow in the questions um, or the anguish it has has been really higher than we've ever seen it in eight years in the last year or so. Um, so more is coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I I I channel and and they have said to me for many many years that you know you have this is a period of time and it's gonna continue so you have to fortify yourself and figure out how to balance yourself while we while we go through it how do you balance yourself i mean it's an obvious question but i think it's a question that at the moment many people are looking to up their balance game like are yeah. there any practices you have or yeah. are there certain things you go to well there's a there's a precursor answer to that which is you know, a few years ago, I went through a really dark night. And I was awake enough at the time to think this will be of service somehow, someday. Couldn't see getting to the other side, but I knew. And now I can see every challenge. Every challenge has felt like, now in retrospect, like boot camp for mm-hmm. this. And so I'm more grateful than ever for challenges in the past. And it also helps me be really present like I'm grateful I went through that I'm more resilient I'm more compassionate I'm more resourced and it allows me to see that it really is all divine there really is a bigger plan suffering comes with great purpose we can transmute all of it we don't want you know I don't want unnecessary suffering but whatever my soul doles out I'm going to try and tango with it you know And then in present day, because things are going good now, um, I have to meditate. So like if I ever wanted to just like point at something, people like what? I'm just like, sister, brother, mister, you got to meditate. And that's all I like. It's there's it's mental hygiene. It's spiritual connection. I mean, we could get into the the nuances of that, right? Like there's lots of people sitting down with their apps saying that they're meditating. Okay, it's good to pause. It's good to watch your breath. There's also just like opening your heart up to a divine connection, which is what I'm I'm down for these days. So I meditate every day. I'm in a practice currently where I've decided to stick with the same meditation until I decided not stick with it. I could see myself, this is part of my my, uh, striving, my spiritual striving, 
is I'm just like, I'm going to do that meditation and that meditation because more meditations is better. You know, I went through a whole period of longer is better. And then it was like more variety is better. And now I'm just sitting and some days I dial it in and some days I feel the infinite, but I'm going to keep going, you know, and, um, I have to be in nature. I, you know, at the beginning of this world health situation, I felt obsessed with my mortality. Hmm. And then that turned into this compulsion without it being, you know, like a really healthy compulsion to simplify. So it's like in the last year, um, well, phase one was I turned to God and said, take my desires. I'm going to give you my three big desires. Like um, I want to live and I want to like have a career and I want to be partnered with an awesome person and just take them all. Take it. And it was a long, it was, it was arduous. And, uh, but I really let go. And then it all came back (laughs) and I decided I want to live. In fact, I want to live more than ever. Like any hangover I had about like, I want off this planet, not in a suicidal way, but like, please get me out of Babylon. Common statement, common statement. Yeah. Right. I want to go back to my star home. You know, that's gone. It was gone in that letting go. Like I'm good to die. I don't want to leave my son but I'm not afraid to die. And then I let that go. I was like, if I'm going to die because of this, what? Okay. And then I decided, no, I'm here. I am here for this Lee. And then career. I was like, I can give up all my stuff. And I don't know. I've been a waitress before I can figure it out. And then partner, I'm good. My life is so full of love. I can just, if I can just live like an urban nun, I'm so down. And over a period of time, like it all, the cat came back and, um, I decided why would I not do what I do for a living? I'm designed to do this, be silly not to. And, um, and then I decided, yeah, I'm, I'm open to an awesome dude. And the first date I went on ended up being my life partner. <laughs> so like, but, but what shifted in all of that was the striving around yeah. it. And I simplified. So this is a longer answer to, I meditate every day and I super simplified my life. I got rid of half of my things, the sofa and the shoes and most of it. And I moved to be by the ocean in a little apartment with my kid and simplified my business. And, um, and I get my sleep Mm. and I'm also going out of my way to listen to people out of my way these days. Like just, wow, tell me how you felt when that happened. Like, what's your experience? Why do you hate those people? Why do you disagree with me? Oh, that's interesting. I'm just fascinated by everybody's so-called side right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. It's funny. You, you talk about the simplicity and I, I wrote something that you had said and I, I, it struck me as 
beautifully written, but it conveys so much. Simplifying is the rapture that comes after the complexity you wish you'd avoided. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, I, I can't remember where I found that. It's either on your website or somewhere, but uh, that sentence just, yeah. Simplifying is the rapture that comes after the complexity you wish you'd avoided. Yeah, like, I feel like a fool with great self-compassion. I feel like a fool for wanting and going after most of what I went after. It's just... But do you not think you needed to, you see, the way I, I, I guess the way I see it is I, I think sometimes we have to go into that experience to either be done with it, to let it go, or because then we can see the next step. At least that's been my perspective. Or is it different for you? Well, it just doesn't feel very efficiently. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, no, I, I get that. And I feel... I really understand the power in being prodigal. Like you have to have left. I'm just echoing what you're saying. Like it's one, like, let's just go, I'll just give you the cliff notes on the prodigal, right? For anybody who hasn't heard it, like the beauty of the story of the prodigal son. So, you know, the father has many sons and one leaves and goes and lives with pigs and squanders his life and is, you know, full of vices. And the other son, you know, one of the sons stays and is very loyal and toils on the farm. And the, 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 the viceful son comes back and the father is showing him more favor and affection than the son who stayed. And the son who stayed is quite resentful and says, hey, I've been here all this time and you're, you're loving him more. And the father says, but yeah, to, to, to depart and come back takes great character. It's like this to convert, to go in the dark and then come back and like, she's like, so I get that. And I've been doing, I've been doing some more um, like real research into vices and virtues and just classical teachings around that. And, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's really what a heart centered life is about committing to that frequency of virtue. And the conclusion is that a vice is a misused virtue. And I'm just, I'm just writing about this now. I'm, my observation with the classic villain story is like all villains are in grief. So like you look at Darth Vader mm. and he's really just a heartbroken Jedi. Mm. So he was all for love when he was Anakin, you know, and then lost his love and then just, turned that force into villainry is fascinating so sorry i just went down a rabbit hole there where were you no, <laughs> i am a big star wars fan from childhood and b i read a very interesting article a few years ago about dictators in the world and how the tormented or abusive childhoods that 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 literally like 95 percent of them had 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 contributed to their ability to then inflict um, pain and suffering knowingly on large groups of people. So, yeah, that's, I mean, there's a whole other conversation. Well, I'll tell you what I'm interested in, in villainry and dictatorship, which is really alive and well. Mm -hmm. And I see how leaders have, you know, platformed themselves on virtues and they're misusing them and it's turning into vice. 
but also I'm very interested in the collective shadow. And if everyone is playing a role in our awakening, that means everybody, 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 even the dark guys are involved in the awakening. And I wonder if a soul takes on that role to really take the hit, like I so-and-so I'm going to incarnate and do the dirty work that needs to be done to show you all the shadow that exists within you. I don't know. I don't know. This, this is stuff I think about when I'm walking, you know, I go for my walks on the seawall. What do you think? A couple of different things. Like I have my own perspective, but whenever I channel my guides, it's always interesting because of course they are not coming from a human perspective. They're coming from up here. And from their perspective, they will say that, uh, you know, what we, one thing they will say a lot, which always makes sense to me is that we are tiny ants in the scheme of our position as human beings, our time on earth in each incarnation and the progression of what's happening here on the planet. And so we are compelled to get very emotionally, psychologically and physically invested in everything that's going on here. But they kind of just see it a little bit like the way you see lights from a plane when you're flying at night over a city. They say there is a there is a jigsaw taking place and it's constantly moving. And they, they talk about um, catalysts for change and how we each come back here and embody and take on different roles that will both serve our soul development and serve the map of what's going on at that time. So for sure, you know, you can look at some of the, you could say, agitators on our planet, uh, culturally or collectively, and they are playing out a role that we are also playing back because we are then in relationship to them. It's, It's the same as the empath narcissist dynamic. The narcissist isn't the evil person that you might want to call them on your journey of healing as the one who played the empath in that dynamic. But actually, you're equally attracted to each other. You're equally wounded in different ways. And the trick is to go, well, can we can we come out of this and learn why I allowed myself to go into that dynamic and why it was unhealthy for me and how I will change my behavior so that I don't end up in that again? And I think the big question for everyone certainly people I speak to right now is what we're seeing moving across the world as a shadow. Is it something we will co-create, agree to, allow? Is it something we should resist? Uh, And it's very interesting because everyone's very different on how they feel about it, how they act around it, all of us. So I think the answer is both. Someday I'm going to write a book called The Answer is Both. But This is my experience or perspective. It's an emerging experience. Like, I'm going to go, I got to go with what's happening. Why resist what's happening? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, to be a stand for, if you want, although that sounds a bit oppositional, but like, I am for the light. Like, I look, it all comes from the light. In, in my view, it all comes from the light. The shadow comes from the light. The darkness comes from light. Like we all come from the same source and the source is love. So I'm going to continue to like turn my consciousness up and open and back and my thoughts and all of that, my work to light, 
to love, to group love, to group determination. So it looks like that choice is in opposition to the darkness. It's just large enough, one would hope, large enough to like hold the darkness. So it's like, hey, darkness, I know we're from the same mother. I also know what's right. So we protect children and we protect the, the resources of the body of mother earth. And we are a stand to embody goodness and truth and compassion. We all come from that. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today. Yeah. Totally. But it, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because the, the spell of fear that can overcome any of us, I think can steer us away from having such an encompassing or heart-centered approach to people, to the world. Um, and, and, and it's interesting to watch how uh, a lot of the judgment that I've seen flying around lately, it, it, it rarely comes from heart. I mean, if someone is giving you guidance saying, oh, you, you need to protect that child, they're not usually harsh or they might be firm. But what I'm witnessing and seeing, and I think what I'm hearing that many people are alarmed by is how the, if you like, the, the driver of fear or anxiety or an activated nervous system because of everything that's going on is, is leading to more conflict, push against division. That's kind of something that I'm just sitting with. But what do you think people are scared of? I think that one thing that that I that I'm surprised by is I I think there is a total fear of death that that we have as a culture yeah. that has driven so much of the hysteria in the last 18 months. Yeah. And I'm not talking about not having compassion for people who are dying from anything whether it's mm -hmm. a specific yeah. health thing that we've been dealing with or or anything. But for me a fundamental truth is we are going to die and we might die when we're 90 if we live a long life and we might die when we're seven we don't know and and i think because there is a an amnesia about that culturally mm -hmm. there is a hysteria that from my perspective has often been blown out of proportion and then people are acting from that place and i'm not saying they can't make the choices they're making but there's there's a lack of um critical thinking or allowing for different sides to be considered. Um, so it goes back to what we talked about with totalitarianism, authoritarianism, and, and seeing that, oh, this is the dimension that culturally and collectively we're being asked to move towards. But what I'll also say, Danielle, it goes back to what you said a moment ago. I've never felt more aligned, purposeful, or awake at this moment in my life than I ever have. Yeah. And I can say that with full authority and if you'd have said to me, that will coincide with a time in the world when the world looks like this. If you'd have said that to me 15 years ago, I'd have gone, well, how, what do you mean? They're so, those are two completely discordant things. So I also totally hear what you were saying about, does the shadow wake us up? Do, you know, we all know that awakening is, is not pretty unicorns, rainbows and butterflies. For most people, it's, it can be for about a few days or weeks. And then often you're plunged 
you're plunged into the furnaces to burn all the things away that you didn't know you were going to have to burn away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The furnace. I am so with you. It's the fear of death. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that we're willing to, because of our fear of death, surrender our ability to live. Because that's the other thing I'm kind of witnessing. It's like, oh, wow, pe people and we as a culture are willing to diminish certain aspects of the way we live, certain fundamental things that are really important to us in order to protect ourselves from that. So for how long and in what way and where it will all go we, remains to be seen. But uh, I think one thing you said earlier that I know many, many people who gather around the, the work I put out there, we all know so well that sentence, I don't want to be here, wrong planet, wrong life. Surely mm -hmm. this isn't the incarnation. Mm -hmm. I, I also feel... Even as we're talking about what we're talking, I've never felt more committed to being here, even with everything that's going on that's potentially more troubling, heartbreaking, or mystifying than myself years ago could have ever handled, like mm -hmm. could have ever been able to, to kind of be with. And what's your relationship to fear right now? It's a good question. What's my relationship to fear right now? I can't answer that from a mental place, but what I I got an image of the tarot card, the fool, and and I heard laughter. There's a part of there's something about fear for me right now. Interestingly, that seems I won't say laughable because fear can be a very destructive force for all of us. But there's I don't believe it the way I used to believe it. I think that's possibly where this is coming from, where this in, in this moment, I, I, I don't take fear seriously as much as I used to. Maybe that's where I'm sitting today. I don't know, because it can all change, of course. But um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. How about you? I've been experiencing a lot of fear mm. and it's been unsettling because, you know, fear sucks, but it's, this is what I learned is you take a step towards beauty and chaos is going to come up. You take a step towards joy and sorrow is going to come up. You take a step towards life and love and fear is going to come up. So it's sort of thrown me. It's, it's been like being in a washing machine but I finally figured it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> so now, now that I can see that phenomenon really in my life. And also I was, I came across some teachings from Pema Chodron who, you know, I love her work. And she was talking about, you know, in the early days when she was really committing to Buddhism and she was going to give it as a nun, she started experiencing all of this fear and she said to her I think the llama who became her root teacher just like I'm scared all the time he's like welcome to the work and you know and you you move down the road and the fear dissolves and you can laugh at it hopefully um and then and it then might it, come back because life, <laughs> life is in a new way in a new form yeah. yeah and I'm I'm just I don't want to reject it 
I know better now to reject, you know, to not reject things. Um, but I want to be courageous. And I know that, I mean, we all know, many of us know the definition of courage is, you know, French, Latin, from the heart. But I really am getting that now. Like, courage is fortitude of the heart. So you just keep loving, just like you keep loving your partner or your kid mm. or a parent that you have a great relationship with. Like, you just keep loving. So I'm just going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Well, to talk about work for a second, if we can, because you brought up your, you know, your heart centered, your membership earlier. One thing I didn't know that you've been doing, um, which I was really um, intrigued to ask you about. You have been working with your heart centered facilitate facilitators. You've been, you've created a program for heart centered facilitation. And I'm always impressed by anyone who's going to take on that kind of endeavor just because it's something I, I, I know would have many different complexities to it. But I wondered what has been perhaps the gift and the challenge of embarking upon co-creating something like that with these people. Mm. Uh, mostly gifts. So it started out with, I wrote a book called The Desire Map. I started getting requests, people saying, hey, could I teach that chapter in a workshop? I was like, no, not yet. I'm not ready. And I waited for the request to kind of pile up. Then we turned it into a teachable thing. And I decided to, the way I put it is like, I was going to choose my headache in terms of the business model that I was either going to certify people in which, you know, they have to go through all their skill testing questions and I would have to deem them good enough. You pass, you get to be a facilitator. Um, I didn't want to do that because I don't, I didn't want to reject people. And, or my other headache was going to be, I'm just going to open it up to everybody. Anybody can become, buy the license, become a facilitator. And we'll see if there's like complaints, if there's any kooky pants facilitators out in the world and people say, arrest that. <laughs> and that never happened. There's been like hundreds, 900,000 workshops that have happened. Like, I think less than a handful of public people said, she's she not a good facilitator. Um, and then the, the guiding question with desire map, it was all about getting clear on how you want to feel. And so the question was, how do I want to feel? And now where I'm, what I've evolved to with my work and perspective is like, you take all that feeling, which we now know I'm not my feelings. My feelings come from my subconscious, highly programmed, highly beautiful, magnificent, glorious part of being human the question becomes, what do I want to embody? Because you can't base your success on how you feel. You're never going to feel successful. So it's like, I can have a bad day and still give someone some happiness. I can be in the, in the, in hell and still have a purposeful, meaningful life, which is the point. So my, the, and this is a great, for me, a great part of like the business story. One thing I learned a long time ago is like, crush your gimmicks. Don't stay hooked onto what everybody wants from you. 
and have the courage to evolve in public. So I just told on my, you know, it was a big day. I told all my desire map facilitators, it's changing. <laughs> I believe something different now. It's bigger, it's more, it's deeper, it's higher, it's virtuous. And you can come with or you can peace out. But we're creating new content. We're going to train you to be a heart-centered facilitator. So what I also know about business is you collaborate with people who are way smarter than you. Mm. And so I brought in like four integral master level certified coaches, um, people who knew what they were talking about in terms of pedagogy. And then we took the, the, the most seasoned, sophisticated facilitators we'd had came forward and we created this beautiful thing. Um, so it's these practices that are mostly tools for resilience. And I'm most excited about giving people, whether you're a coach or a yoga teacher or a guidance counselor or whatever, uh, these tools where you can help people hold polarization. And if I can help with that, I'm good. Well, because that's one of the most needed things right now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, you know, like our holding polarization exercise is not about helping you figure out how right you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about you just getting a little bit softer with your opinions. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then hopefully everybody cries and enjoys your workshop or your coaching call or whatever it is. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, interesting time in the world as we know right now um and creating is is kind of a i've seen both i've seen some people crumble during this time around creating in the world and just going very inward and letting themselves be going through a metamorphosis and i've seen other people really lit up and kind of you know running like a rocket out there into the world you you appear to be for me and perhaps for other people who know your public work, you appear to be a fairly steady creator, or at least your creations are fairly steadily put out there into the world by you and your team. Is that the case for you? Is, is creativity something that runs through your life? Or do you have seasons in the same way that you evolve a lot and change a lot with, with your what you're doing? Mm -hmm. No seasons. I just make. Yeah. Now, I also respect my ebb and flow, but I'm always making. So my ebb might be, oh, I just want to write right now. My flow might be, I want to produce 12 podcasts this week. Um, but I never, I always have something to say because I'm always willing to be honest with what I found. Mm. And yeah. And what else am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, I want to be useful. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, that that's great. And your podcast, how, how have you found that? Because I, you know, I think podcasts give a, a space for a potentially intimate or enlightening conversation or, or informative conversation. How have you found, uh, you know, having a podcast and the conversations that you have with people? I don't have conversations with people. Uh, okay. It's a one-woman show. 
Very good. And my podcast is a great example of my creative style and rhythm and lack of rhythm. So I decided I, you know, I always want to create in an easy way. And even just the thought of scheduling with people and, you know, I just like, no, I just want ease. I want to be able to record something anytime I feel moved to. So I record my podcast on my phone, mm-hmm. sitting in my living room on the floor. I had all this gear and this big microphone and I had, I put all this sponge up in my closet and I just like, it's just so restrictive. So I don't want to be restrictive restricted um so i do it my i just i just i'm sermonizing basically and i also like the intimacy of that and i also think you know sometimes i can be so struck by my own opinions that i don't know if i could i mean i can be gracious of course but i just want to say what i want to say (laughs) Yeah. And I'm I'm deeply interested. Like we could flip it right now and I could talk to you for another hour about your journey. But I feel mostly like, oh my gosh, I just learned this thing about suffering yesterday. I need to talk about it now. Yeah. And then I put my podcast out and you know, in terms of numbers and and all that did did awesome. And then I just didn't feel like doing it for a while. And then I wanted to go write a book and I wanted to, and then I fell in love with somebody and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go to the beach. (laughs) Um, And I'm reorganizing my life. So basically I can just podcast all the time. I think many, many people listening and watching just breathed a huge sigh of relief and went, what do you mean? I could just sit there on my phone and not, you know, cause I, you know, so many people I know, um, who are either just beginning in in the work they do in the world that involves broadcasting, or they've been doing it a while, but they think, oh, I've got to figure out this equipment. It is, it's a minefield. And no, you don't have to. You can just you don't have to do it and your you, way. You can publish as much as you want. I mean, this is not a great way to run a business. Um, but I don't care. It works for me. And I am my professional journey is always about freedom and consistency and like that dance and it can be messy but i keep it deep Mm. you can rely on me for depth Mm -hmm. maybe not every monday (laughs) but i will show up and be real when i show up Yeah. yeah and you you said you have two live calls a month in your heart centered membership yeah and i love those those this is another like great creative learning. Like I love being surprised by how much I enjoy something, you know, I just thought I I didn't know what the calls were going to be like, the types of questions I, you know, this is part of my need for freedom, which we all know is an illusion. I am free. I just tell myself a story that if it's, you know, if, if it's on the calendar, I'm not free. Um, And I am so nourished by the engagement with everybody and it helps me stay in touch with what's really happening in the world the news can suck it but when you get together with a few hundred women every other week and they're in agony and in glory and they're wise (laughs) they are wise and they are committed and they are 
friendly and pissed off and all of it, you know what's going on in the world. Um, yes, I love them. I love them. I might do more of it. <laughs> Beautiful. How long have you done that for the membership? It's been a year and a half and that we, we could talk a lot about memberships. Like I started that membership on the, on a, on a very traditional foot of we're going to have a theme and you can only sign up four times a year and mm. you create this kind of demand and then you supply it. And I'm just like, Oh God, I don't like this. This has never felt right to me. Why? I'm committed to helping people alleviate their suffering. Why would we not set this up so someone can join any day they want? Absolutely. And forget the facade of like, there's a waiting list. There's no waiting list. Everybody just getting their shit together before they can launch it again. Like, you know, um, they're just building up this. It's an illusion. It's all an illusion. So um, sorry, if that's how you run your business, sorry, because no, I know you no, have a membership. No, I never, it's funny. I, for, I was adamant with, with the membership we started eight years ago. I, I was adamant. No, people can come in any month and they can leave any month. Like they can come in for one month. They might stay with us for seven years. We, 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 people have to have their freedom yeah. because I, freedom is one of my core values, by the way. So I was laughing when you were talking about freedom because I've had to negotiate I've had to negotiate my personal story about freedom as things changed in my life. Yes, I would. I, I get that. I'm negotiating my personal relationship with freedom too. Um, so where I'm at now with the membership is you can come in any day you want. And it's another experience of evolving in front of everybody. Like we've made some changes and then you have a bunch of people say, I don't like that. And like, I can't please everybody. And then you want then you change that and people go, I love it. You know, um, and now I really want to change it. Nobody knows this yet, but I really want to change how we're doing it. And it's going to be radical. And I'm going to have to step forward and say, parts of this aren't working. And for my own freedom so that I can serve more, I want to do this. And I hope you stay. And this, you can't, you know, as a someone with a business, and I have a team of 10 people, like I have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. You have to think through these things when this is your livelihood. I'm also figuring out how to be prepared if I need to be like lose my livelihood. You know, if there are major disruptions that come down the pike here and we can't just zoom mm -hmm. um, or money, just digital things just evaporate then what do I do? I'll go for a walk and I'm planting potatoes. Yeah. And if, if that moment comes, it will, it, it will come to you as it will come to all of us, you know, if, if, but we won't even, we won't even, we won't even visualize that right now, but I, I hear you too about being prepared. Um, and just, and just knowing, you know, kind of having some, some idea of how you could adapt, especially when you have a team and also, a community like a community that you serve it's 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 not just you anymore with your idea it's it's actually an active and alive thing in the world that's a relationship with so many people mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's a relationship yeah. you have to keep each other informed all the time yeah beautiful well 
Danielle, thank you very much for coming on today. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. And as I say, seeing you out there in the field as a creator for many, many years, it's been really nice to A, meet you and B, hear a bit more about what you're doing. And also just um, chew the fat on our never dull global situation right now. So thank you for your transparency and your being. Mm, oh, you're so lovely. Thank you. Anytime. I would love to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you, everybody listening. Yeah. Thank you. And for everyone listening and watching, um, if you want to learn all of the things that Danielle does, or you want to engage with the Heart Centered Membership or learn about the Facilitator Program, we're going to put links as usual in the show notes um, underneath the show if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, or in the show notes over on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to this. Um, but to visit Danielle's website, you can find her at daniellelaporte.com. And we'll also add a link to Danielle's Instagram, which is a great Instagram page with lots of goodness going on in so many ways. So thank you for tuning in, everyone. And thank you again, Danielle. Thank you. Hello, I'm Lee Harris. I'm an intuitive and a channeler. And every year in January, I hold a rebirth course, a way for us to look at the year that has gone and let go of what we no longer need and look ahead at the year to come and see what we might want to create in our life. This year, I'm going to be bringing a lot of channeling to my rebirth program. So I will be channeling my guides several times throughout the course of the two week program and they will be bringing transmissions through all based on empowerment. When I was tuning in this year as to what the overarching theme for Rebirth 2022 would be, I heard very clearly from them the empowerment sessions. So that is what they will be bringing in the channeled messages. And I and my team will be supporting those messages with a series of video and audio presentations all designed to help you reconfigure who you want to be for the year ahead. Stephen Washington will be teaching Qigong and wellness practices. I will also be doing a whole session on manifestation and creation and our habits and our patterns and how we can elevate and change those in order to bring in the new. And my team members, Marty and Wendy, will be adding some support videos as well as an MP3 recording that you get as soon as you sign up called Your Garden of Higher Consciousness. Rebirth is always our biggest course of the year. And so we have a very large community from all over the world who tune in and most importantly, weigh in. So we have a community forum that's completely private and it's where you and other members can share your experiences, not only of the material, but of what's going on in your life right now and what you're looking to cultivate. So the group energy that forms around Rebirth is very strong. And we also have transcripts and worksheets. And once you are in Rebirth, you will have lifetime access to all of the materials. So even though we run most of these sessions live as live broadcasts, you don't have to be able to be there live. And if you do miss a live broadcast, you will get the replay on video and in transcript form and audio within two days of the broadcast. We begin on January 17th. So if it resonates with you to join us for Rebirth 2022, the empowerment sessions, I, my guides, and my team would love to welcome you. <laughs>